Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JRPG Report. My name is Dalton Suter, and this is episode 236. Sorry up front about no episode last week. News was kind of light. Didn't really have too much to fill out an episode. I didn't want to put out another like 16-minute episode. I felt bad about how short that episode was. <laughs> so I waited. Um, and then I forgot to announce that I was waiting. So that is on me, and I do apologize. It has just been very... Life has been very, very busy lately. But... This week, we have a more full show for you, so let's go ahead and just roll right into it, shall we? With coming up first, Square Enix has released the PC version of Neo, The World Ends With You. Take two. Neo, The World Ends With You via Steam. I'm too hyped up about this. It is available at 25% off discount of $44.99 until October 25th. Here is an overview of the game via the Steam page. Only the possibility of you can change our fate. Rindo comes to the grim realization that his life is on the line when he is forced to complete the so-called, quote, Reaper's game. There is no telling how this tale will unfold, but it is up to you to find out. Put your psychic prowess to the test as you duke it out on the stylishly animated streets of Shibuya. So if you know anything about The World Ends With You, I believe it was Switch exclusive at first. I've heard really good things about it, so now that it's on Steam, I very may well dive into it and check it out. So the next DLC expansion for Strangers of Paradise called Wanderer of the Rift releases next week and Square Enix has detailed what to expect from it. When it launches on October 26, 2022, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin players will get a chance to go a few rounds with the iconic Final Fantasy character Gilgamesh. The Stranger of Paradise Wanderer of the Rift expansion details Gilgamesh's arrival in Jack's world. It also shows off some of the other updates coming with the DLC. Jack and his friends will be able to explore the Rift Labyrinth, a new mode that features short, randomly constructed dungeons. And these dungeons will allow players to have a more varied experience playing between the story campaigns. Playing through the Rift Labyrinth Labyrinth will also unlock new playable job, the Blue Mage. Like the Blue Mages of Final Fantasy games past, Jack will be able to learn enemy abilities and use them as his own. Jack can charge abilities to make them more powerful or enhance them using his MP. Jack's time in the Rift Labyrinth Oh my goodness, that is so hard to say. Rift Labyrinth will unlock the Dimension Bringer command ability, which slows enemies in an area, causes the damage the player inflicts to increase each time an action ability is used. The DLC will also add a new difficulty level to Stranger of Paradise. The new Gilgamesh difficulty will raise enemy levels even further and add powerful chaotic monsters to missions. Playing on Gilgamesh difficulty also unlocks new relic equipment that comes with summon blessings that add special effects and improved character capabilities based on their value. These blessings can be obtained from a new NPC, the Tonberry Blacksmith. Finally, Monster Bell items allow players to instantly summon monsters to aid them in combat. New monsters can be unlocked by completing special events with them and increasing their affinity through conversations, feeding them, and using items. Stranger of Paradise is readily available on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. The Season Pass is required to access Wanderer of the Rift DLC and all other expansion DLC. Wanderer of the Rift launches October 26th, 2022. So some news coming out of NIS of America. It has confirmed its release plans for two upcoming Neon Falcom titles, The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure and the PS5 edition of Ease 9 Monstrum Nox. Azure will launch on Nintendo Switch, PS4, and PC via Steam on March 14th, 2023. Meanwhile, Ease 9 lands on the PS5 in spring 2023. Trails to Azure is the fifth game in the Trails series and the second of the Crossbell arc. Set in the city of Crossbell, it takes place several months after The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero. 
which NISA launched in late September 2022. The game continues the story of aspiring hero Lloyd Bannings and the special support section. Through a temporary peace has, or though a temporary peace has been settled on Crossbill, multiple factions have their own motives driving up tensions once more. In particular, are pressures faced by both the Erebonian Empire and the Republic of Calvard. Ease 9 Monstrum Nox is the latest game in the long-running Ease series, and it puts players in the role of Adol Christian once again. Or Kristen. I think it's Kristen. Um, Adol's latest adventures take place in Balduk, a prison city menaced by mysterious individuals called Monstrums. The PS5 release will include all prior cosmetic DLC released. So again, The Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure releases on PC, Switch, and PS4 March 14th, 2023 in North America, March 17th in Europe, and March 24th in Oceania. Or Oceania. Uh, I've always never been able to pronounce that. The previous game, Trails from Zero, is available now. Ease 9 Monstrum Nox is available on PC, Switch, and PS4, and will arrive on PS5 in spring of 2023. Ease 10 is in development. So some new chibi plushies of Titus and Yuna, the main characters of Final Fantasy X, will appear worldwide. Square Enix has opened pre-orders for the plushies on its Japanese website, where each plush is available separately at 4,180 yen apiece, and both plushies are available for pre-order in North American Square Enix store at 44.99 each. The plushes will appear with chibi proportions, where the head appears larger than the rest of the body. Titus's plush will have an approximate size of about yeah, five by six by seven inches, and Yuna's plush will have be more like five by five by seven inches. Other than merchandise, Square Enix is also working on events related to Final Fantasy X. The company recently accepted a proposal from Kabuki actor Kikunosuke Ono V, or the fifth, maybe, I don't know, to produce a new Kabuki show based on the 2001 video game, which will go live at the IHI stage around Tokyo in spring 2023. The chibi plushes of Titus and Yuna from Final Fantasy X will appear in Japan on April 29th, 2023, and in North America in May 2023. Both Titus and Yuna are the main characters of, role of the role-playing game that originally appeared on the PlayStation 2 in 2001. Square Enix has since released HD remasters of the game and its direct sequel, Final Fantasy X-2, on the PS3, PS4, PlayStation Vita, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. So if you're a lover of chibis, hey, what do you know? There's something new for you. And if you love Final Fantasy and chibis, my goodness, are you in for a treat. So the Pokemon Company will be conducting a bit of spring cleaning as it will remove certain online features from Pokemon Sword and Shield on November 1st, 2022. Seems a little early to me, doesn't it? Like, that game hasn't been out that long, unless time's just going that quickly. <laughs> Players will still be able to trade with each other and participate in max raid battles. However, there will be no more updates to the wild area news. Players will also no longer be able to participate in rank battles or online tournaments. The wild area news was vital to obtain certain rare and giga maxed versions of pokemon as an example is the gigantamax snorlax players who wish to continue playing sword and shield in the future and do not have certain gigantamax pokemon may want to log in before the final update as for online battles the ranked season in battle stadium will no longer update after november 1st you can still use all ycom features or hold friendly competitions however friendly competitions will not appear in the pokemon home starting on december 1st 2022 pokemon sword and shield originally came out in 2019 and make up the 8th generation of the Pokemon franchise. As of June 2022, the game has sold over 24.5 million copies worldwide, and it is the second most successful generation behind Red and Blue. Some mechanics unique to the Galar region, including camping and the aforementioned raid battles. Um, the newest game in the Pokemon series, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, will come out on Nintendo Switch November 18th, 2022. Online features will become limited 
for Pokemon Sword and Shield again on November 1st, 2022. <clears throat> and speaking of Scarlet and Violet, the latest net idol in the Pokemon universe, Iono, has finally revealed to us her partner Pokemon, Bellabolt. Like she teased in her video, Bellabolt is a squishy and easygoing electric type Pokemon. Despite her challenging the chat to guess what the Pokemon she has, the game was rigged from the start. Undoubtedly, no one was able to guess her Pokemon considering it's a brand new one to the Paldea region. Bellabolt is the Elifrog Pokemon, as you can imagine. It is an electric type with a fat frog body. Like some amphibians and fish, some of its body parts are actually organs to generate and discharge electricity. Its belly button is an organ that creates electricity and then shoots out of its eyeballs on the side of its head. The name in English is a portmanteau of the words belly and bolt. <laughs> no, no duh. <laughs> this is likely a reference to the fact that its electricity originates from its belly. Iono's video and her interactions with Bellybolt give an idea of the personality and its size. Granted, this may be the personality of Iono's Bellybolt and not all Bellybolts in the world. After she introduces her Bellybolt, Iono reminds players that she is a gym leader that they will have to beat. Unlike most general gym leaders, she refers to this as a collab. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet will launch November 18th, 2022 for the Nintendo Switch. <clears throat> So Fangamer has opened up orders for a Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne vinyl soundtrack box set. It will cost $79. It will comprise of four discs with 70 tracks in total. Fangamer uh, Fan states on its website that it cannot ship to Japan. Tony Infanti drew the art for the box set, which features art of the four writer personae. Each individual sleeve contains a close-up portrait of one of the major characters. The characters on each LP sleeve are Isamu Nita... Chiaki Tachibana, Hikawa, and Lucifer. When you take out the vinyl, you can see a corresponding writer in the middle of the uh, record itself. For example, the white disc that is inside the Asamonita sleeve has a picture of the white writer in the center. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne originally came out for PS2 in 2003. An HD remaster later appeared on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Windows PC. After a cult causes the apocalypse, or the conception... The nameless protagonist has to wander what remains of the meetings of the survivors. Uh, as one can expect from a Shin Megami Tensei game, Nocturne is a turn-based JRPG with a focus on recruiting and fusing demons. The Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne vinyl soundtrack set is available via Fangamer. Those in Europe can also find it at Black Screen Records or Chip Frick. So, Rune Factory 3 Special will launch for Nintendo Switch on March 2nd, 2023 in Japan for 4,980 yen plus tax, Marvelous has announced. A digital deluxe edition will also be available for 5,980 yen plus tax, which includes a digital copy of the game plus the additional content everyone wears a swimsuit mode. A Dream Collection limited edition will be available for 9,800 yen plus tax, which includes a copy of the game, special box featuring an illustration of or by Minako Iwasaki, an all-star drama CD featuring a mass gathering of protagonists, classified private CD, memorial diorama, acrylic stand, and download code for additional content everyone wears a swimsuit mode. Finally, a Marvelous Shop exclusive Dream Collection and Wedding Collection limited edition will be available for 33,600 yen plus tax, which includes the Dream Collection content, Engagement Ring Number 9, and Happy Ring Number 9 from the Rune Factory series, and a special ring case, a necklace to wear the rings, an 11 print bridal photo set, bridal diorama photo stand, and a special box. In the West, Rune Factory 3 Special is due out in 2023. So Rune Factory 3 Special is a remastered and expanded version of the classic RPG life simulation title. Rune Factory 3 Special brings improved visuals for a new generation along with plenty of new features. Rune Factory 3 Special returns after more than a decade following its original release on the Nintendo DS. 
featuring HD graphics and redesigned 3D character models that breathe new life into a beloved entry in the Rune Factory series. Whether adventuring dungeons, working the farm, or finding romance, experience the fantasy life you've always wanted. In Rune Factory 3 Special, players take on the role of Micah, a young man with the power to turn into a golden sheep-like monster known as a woolly. Rescued by a young woman after falling headfirst into the provincial town of Sharance, Micah awakens with no memories of his past and soon finds himself embroiled in a long-standing conflict between humans and monsters. Micah must work to build bridges between the races to restore peace, all while uncovering a shocking secret of his own. Some of the key features of this game is going to be restore the balance between the two worlds, step into the shoes of Micah, a young man with amnesia and the mysterious ability to transform into a woolly as he searches for a way for humans and monsters to coexist, master swords, spears, hammers, and even magic to take on powerful monsters, recruit townsfolk and monsters alike to explore treacherous dungeons, take a break from adventuring with activities like farming, fishing, and more, discover many varieties of magic seeds which grow into strange crops that aid Micah's adventure in exciting ways, and... For all of you people out there who are hopeless romantics like me, meet 11 lovely bachelorettes, most in the series history. Learn more about them through daily interactions, fall in love, then pop the question and get married. Before Micah knows it, he'll have a wonderful family to join him on his adventures. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. I love the Rune Factory series. They're fantastic. So, so in some surprising news, the first soldiers will not be the last ones standing, it seems. As Square Enix has announced that it is ending service for Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier in early 2023. This announcement was relayed via the game's official Twitter account and the official website. In it, the development team announced that Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier Shutdown is scheduled for January 11th, 2023. The game first launched on November 17th, 2021, putting the end of service just over a year after its launch. The announcement also confirms that as of October 12th, 2022, the ability to purchase Shinra credits has been removed from Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier. Until the shutdown, players with existing supplies of Shinra credits can use them as they please. On November 1st, 2022, the game will cease support for non-English languages, with text displaying exclusively in English. The team also promised that the game will see further updates in the three months left before service ends. Going by the example of other announced mobile game shutdowns, that likely means that Square Enix will rerun limited time events, activate planned events in the calendar, such as the upcoming Halloween event, or distribute free goodies and give giveaways for the remaining players. Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier was a multiplayer-oriented battle royal-style game with up to 75 players in a single match. It was set 18 years before the events of Final Fantasy VII. Players took on the role of candidates for Shinra's soldier program, competing in battles to prove their worth to the company. Players scrambled around large battlefields inspired by locations from Final Fantasy VII's game world, obtaining firearms, melee weapons, and materia for spells. There was also a style system that determined a character's melee weapon and special skills and traits. For example, warriors could use a sword and charge an enemy to quickly approach them. Dragoons gained the classic jump ability and used spears. Uh, monetization came in the form of cosmetic skin purchases and draws via a gacha system. Skins were often themed after Final Fantasy VII characters such as Sephiroth and the low-poly looks of the characters from the PS1 era and cameos of characters seen in Final Fantasy VII Remake. So yeah, if you're a fan of that game, I apologize, but they are definitely going to be uh, closing it down here soon, and that sucks. But in other Square Enix news, Square Enix has warned Final Fantasy XIV players about attempts to breach the game's security and advised vigilance on the part of its player base. According to an update on the Lodestone community site, unspecified third parties are behind a spate of... Final Fantasy XIV account hacking attempts. According to the news post, the Final Fantasy XIV account hacking attempts are targeted at the overall Square Enix account management systems, 
and the hackers are using email addresses and passwords obtained from other online services of other companies. Essentially, the hackers are trying out passwords obtained from data breaches of other companies to see if anyone has reused their passwords for their Square Enix or Final Fantasy XIV account. Hacking a reused password... I'm sorry. Yeah, hacking a reused password requires very little technical skill or resources and can be an efficient way of gaining account access by exploiting a user's carelessness. As a precaution, Square Enix advised players to reset their Square Enix passwords. It will restrict accounts it suspects have been compromised and notify their owners via email. Users who notice their accounts have been restricted can learn more at this link that they provided in in this article. Uh, Square Enix warned that if the cases of Square Enix and Final Fantasy XIV account hacking continue to rise, it may consider initiate, initiating a password reset for all accounts as a precaution. Additionally, Square Enix advised using its one-time password system. The Square Enix one-time password system is a multi-factor authentication system used for Square Enix accounts, including Final Fantasy XIV, which I agree, you should absolutely use one. It uses a smartphone app to generate security codes that must be entered at the point of login. Multiple factor authentication makes it more difficult for unauthorized users to gain access to your account because they will need to compromise more than a single point in order to take control. Final Fantasy XIV is available for PC, PS4, and PS5. Multiple factor authentication and password management systems are available from many companies, including Google, Microsoft, and Apple. And in quick news, Persona 3 Portable will launch digitally for Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Steam and Microsoft Store. And the PlayStation 4 Golden for Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Microsoft Store on January 19th, 2023, Atlas has announced. Both titles will also be available via Game Pass. And Persona 5 Royal is due out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Steam on October 21st. So if you were listening to this the day it comes out, Persona 5 is now out everywhere. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. So Axis Games will release a Switch version of Compile Heart Developed Strategy RPG Record of Agarest War in March 2023, the company has announced. It will be available both in standard and limited editions. Record of Agarest War first launched for PlayStation 3 on September 27, 2007 in Japan. An Xbox 360 version followed on November 27, 2008 in Japan. The PlayStation 3 version made its Western debut on October 30th, 2009 in Europe. In North America, both the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 versions were released on April 27th, 2010. A PC version was released on October 3rd, 2013 worldwide, followed by an Android version on December 19th, 2013 and iOS May 14th, 2014. Whew, that was a lot of words. (laughs) Here's an overview of the game, though, for you. The Cult Classic Returns, an epic strategy RPG featuring over 100 hours of gameplay, not including side content and bonus missions. The fate of Agarest is in your hands, as well as your reputation with the ladies. Choose a bride at the end of your adventure and give birth to the playable hero of the next generation. Perfect collaborative attacks by positioning your forces on the battlefield and wait for the right moment to string together a massive combo using multiple party members, both in melee and ranged attacks. So I've played some of uh, Agarest War. I really recommend it. It's it's really really fun. Um, but it might not be for everybody. But it gives it gets my stamp of approval if that you know means anything to you. So Xseed Games has announced a special physical retail edition for two RPGs set to release next year: a Celestial edition for Loop Eight Summer of the Gods and a Day One edition for Trinity Trigger. As Xseed Games is specifically North American publisher for these games, these editions are specifically for North American storefronts. Loop 8 Summer of Gods is a coming-of-age time travel RPG set in rural 1983 Japanese town where Nini and his classmates must eliminate demonic beings known as the Kagai. 
The title is set to release for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC in spring 2023. And then Trinity Trigger is an action RPG inspired by 90s classics featuring three playable characters and eight weapon types that can be changed on the fly. The title is set to be released for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch in spring 2023. So yeah, keep your eyes out for those as well. I know people are pumped for Trinity Trigger and Loop 8, Summer of Gods, sounds quite interesting, if I do say so myself. And some more news from Square Enix. Square Enix has released a new trailer for the upcoming Final Fantasy 16. The trailer, titled Ambition, delves into the game's story and even shows off a bit of gameplay. Specifically, several short glimpses of battles are shown, both those involving Clive's party and those between icons. Check out the four and a half minute long trailer over on their YouTube channel. Um, and the new Final Fantasy 16 trailer reveals that the land of Valistia has been slowly dying for the past 1500 years. The light of the mother crystals, which blesses the land, have been fading. In order to hold on to their blessings, the trailer suggests that the realms of Valistia, the Grand Duchy of Rosaria, the Holy Empire of San Brech, the Dalmachian Republic, the Iron Kingdom, and the Kingdom of Walud are prepared for war. Sonbrek even goes so far as to invade Rosaria, with the mysterious dominant of Ifrit summoning their icon during the attack. Much like in the previous trailer, several icons are shown, including Odin and Bahamut. Is it Bahamut? Bahamut? I always say Bahamut, but I've heard people say Bahamut, so I don't know. This trailer, however reveals that the Dominants can also perform partial summonings of their icons, utilizing their power while staying mostly human-like. Joshua Rosfield, Hugo Kupka, and Benedicta Harmon are shown performing partial transformations into Phoenix, Titan, and Garuda, respectively, with the latter two using the forms to fight against Clive. At the end of the trailer, a tapestry depicting the icon is, is seen, and the narrator warns of a war with the icons. Final Fantasy XVI will release for PlayStation 5, in summer 2023. A little more Square Enix news here. Square Enix filed trademarks for Ember Storia and Saga Emerald Beyond on October 13th in Japan, which were made public as of the writing of this, which was October 20th. The singular Ember Storia trademark follows a trademark for the longer Ember Storia overwrite back in April. Square Enix also registered the domain names emberstoria.com and emberstoria.net in May. The Saga Emerald Beyond trademark could be the title of one of the multiple Saga projects that Square Enix is currently working on. And then the final bit of news that we have for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Publisher Bandai Namco and developer BB Studios will release Digimon World Next Order for Switch and PC via Steam on February 22nd, 2023 worldwide. That the company has announced uh, the new versions are ported by Digimon Survive developer Hyde. Digimon World Next Order first launched for PS Vita on March 17th, 2017 in Japan, following are followed by PlayStation 4 on January 27th, 2017 in Europe. In, oh, in, yeah, in Europe, January 31st, 2017 in North America, and February 26th, 2017 in Japan. Here's a little overview for the game, for those of you who do not know. In Digimon World Next Order, players will step into the role of a Digidestined as either Shiki or Takuto and embark on a quest to solve a perplexing Digi-mystery and restore the digital world to its natural order after having spiraled into a state of other chaos due to the machine Dramon that have taken over. As a Digi-Destined, players will encounter an array of Digimon and recruit them as companions in an effort to rebuild the digital world. Along with their journey, they will need to explore the digital world and strengthen their bonds with the Digimon companions to stop virus-infecting Digimon from causing complete destruction. Digimon World Next Order boasts an expansive roster of over 200 Digimon to collect and befriend, from which players can select two to accompany them on their adventures as partners. 
players can strengthen bonds of their Digimon by training, feeding, and digivolving them to unlock their full potential, making them even stronger in battle. During their adventures, Digidestined will also meet a colorful cast of characters and have the opportunity to expand and manage the town of Flushia that serves as a home base between their travels. The digital world has run rampant with Machine Dramon and is now at a state of utter chaos. As a Digidestined, it is up to you to restore this order in the world of Digimon World Next Order, a monster-collecting RPG. Find and recruit as many faithful Digimon companies, com- or excuse me, companions as possible to rebuild a digital world. Will you be able to balance both training and exploration to stop the virus-infected Digimon from causing complete destruction? Some of the key features of the game choose between a male or female protagonist and seek adventure with over 200 Digimon to collect, explore the world with not one, but two Digimon camp companions for the first time ever. Take care of the Digimon by forming a strong bond with your Digimon and caring for them. Feed, train, discipline, and digivolve them. The stronger the bond between you and your Digimon, as well as between the two Digimon companions, the greater chance of victory in battles. Expand and manage your town, Flushia, recruit new Digimon, upgrade buildings, grow crops, and more as you grow into a sprawling Digimetropolis. You can also train your pair of Digimon to fight cooperatively in AI battles, issue commands, and cheer them to victory. So do be keeping an eye out for that as well. That looks like a absolute blast. That's one of those that I always wanted to play, but never got a chance to. And now that it's coming to PC, I think I'll give it a shot. And that is going to about do it for this week's episode of the JRPG Report, which just leaves the house cleaning. So if you would like to find us on Facebook, you can catch us over at facebook.com slash JRPG Report. If you want to find us over on Twitter, it's at JRPG Report, where I retweet all of the articles that you hear me talk about. If you would like to become a Patreon, it's patreon.com slash JRPG Report. It would mean the world to me if you supported the show like these wonderful people, Kim C, Jake W, Jordan K, Kularian, Taylor F, and Master Loot. You guys rock. And if you'd like to hear more of me, you can catch me bi-weekly on the Steam Machine podcast with a PC gaming show where we go through and talk about you know, whatever we decide to play um, or whatever the community picks for us over in the Discord. Um, last game that we did was Monster Prom, and that was that was a good time. It was a fun game. So yeah, uh, I do appreciate each and every one of you for checking out the show, listening in, always being here when I release stuff. (laughs) It means the world to me. And I do apologize again for last week, but we should be back on a normal schedule. Much love to you all and do me a massive favor. Get back out there and level up.